Oh, yes. It is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I am Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored, whoa, sponsor, Cheshire Impact. Who are these guys? They're on a mission to help you maximize your use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Now, the guest today, really excited. Uh, we've It's taken all of our collective willpower to not just launch into the conversation before the podcast and, uh, and just talk about everything already. Um, amazing guy, expert in social and AdWords and SEO. We're going to talk all about that today. Senior SEO, social media director at JM Internet Group. He is also teaching at Stanford a class, Marketing Without Money, which is basically the story of all marketers who don't have, don't have enough budget and funding. He's an author. Um, there's multiple books, books like Social Media Marketing. There's workbooks. There's fitness books. He's doing a book now, which we're going to talk about. And again, he is amazing. SEO, AdWords, Social Media. Jason McDonald, sir, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? <laughs> Man, you just, so, you're doing so much. It's awesome. I am. I'm, a book I'm, I'm multitasking now as we're talking. Are you? Yes, yes. Good, good. <laughs> as long as I can't tell, it's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the theme we were talking about for today is all around that CSI, that roadmap for marketing automation, the roadmap for really just doing good marketing. A lot of people were encountering, we're just batching and blasting, doing, you know, blowing tons of money on Facebook, which I know we're going to talk about. They're just, just kind of going activity mindset and they weren't figuring out how to do things. So we created a little roadmap and each month has been a different theme. And this month is a fun one because it's all about personalization. It's about intent. It's about understanding who you're talking to, lining that up, and then using that information for lead sources like SEO and social and all these things, personalizing landing pages and all those. So knowing that it's such a fun topic, I want to pass you Thor's hammer and, and ask if there's any myths that you want to just smash right up front and just I'm smashing crush. the myth. I'm smashing smash the myth. Well, they just keep coming at me. Yes, yeah, smash them. What would you? Right, like let, let, let's smash the myths, okay? Let's yeah. smash. Let's smash myth number one. It's okay. all Facebook. That would be a myth I would smash, right? All so, Facebook. Right. So Silicon Valley, right? We're out here in the the center of hypedom, right? There's all. It's all Snapchat, right? That's a myth, right? You got to do Snapchat. Everybody's on Snapchat. You know, do so you have Snapchat? Of course, there's millions Pardot and 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 Salesforce. It's on Snapchat, you know, but no, <laughs> yeah. it's not right. So You're Snapchat, right. right? To smash that myth, uh, I love Snapchat. Well, uh, sort of. My 15 year old right. daughter loves Snapchat. If you want to reach teenage girls, Snapchat, dude, that is right. worth that. But if you're beating, I meet my baby, like the babysitter for. Would we want to sign her up like, hey, are you free Thursday? Only Snapchat. way to reach her is Snapchat. It's crazy. Exactly. Right. So so myths, right? So so related to that, like the Facebook myth, right? So it's not that Facebook isn't important. Of course it is, but it's not all Facebook. It's like people are like, oh my God, it's all Facebook. Forget Google. Google's like 1990s. Google's like Bell right. Bottom. Yeah, Old school. No, 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 no. So it's not, you know, I, I you know, another myth, right? either or thinking, either you do Facebook or you do Google, right? right. You, know, you can do both, right? Like you yeah. can, you know, you can shake yeah. and walk your dog. Those are right. not mutually exclusive. So that would be a myth, Facebook or Google. And, and really you can do both. And I think Google's actually having quite a comeback really, to be honest, uh, yeah, really? Facebook as a, as a vehicle. And we can talk about that. Uh, you know, another myth I think is for your audience, which yeah. I mean, I don't want to rain on everyone's parade, but let me just rain. Yes, a little rain. This is hardcore. Rain, a little bit of rain. They for know what audience, they signed right? up for. It, it, this is something I'm very <laughs> passionate about too. It's not just technology. I'm, I love mm. technology. I do technology. I believe in managing your leads. I believe in metrics. Yeah. But it's also content, which you have to have good content. You've got to have content that people are engaged with, that they're interested in. Right. Right. And this gets to personalization, right? Which is at the end of the day, you're selling something to a carbon-based life form. Yes. Right? You're not selling something to a machine. You're selling it to a person. And so personalization, technology, metrics, these things are really important, but they won't substitute for good content and they won't substitute for some personal relationship. Right. You got to know the people. It's like, hey, we've come in peace. People. 
Yeah, I actually was on a website yesterday, sort of to, to, to jump into a little anecdote. Yeah. And I was on a website and this little chatbot appeared, right? Oh, hello. It was, like, it was like, can I help you? And then, you know, I, I asked it some questions and it was clear it was a chatbot. And that was right. cool with me because I had some questions and I was looking for some help for a client of mine. But what I really liked is then I got an email and the email acknowledged, this is our chatbot. You know, so it didn't yeah. try to play me like, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. It was like, okay, you were talking to the chatbot. And I was like, okay, I kind of knew that. Yeah. But I liked that. I liked the fact when I got the email, they said, hey, our, you know, our, this is our chatbot. And a real person is going to follow up with you soon about your interest. Yeah, I love it. Not so playing around. Like, not faking, yeah, I was like, I'm you, yeah. Sick of, you know, it's like, no, you're, you know, you're not really a person. And then you ask. Hi, them, I am Jen. Yes. How, how like, I answer your question. You're like, Jen, I don't think you're a real person. You're I not a real, a real person. I am. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 2001, right? I'm sorry how I yes, did that. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, did you see that the Google thing that the, uh, the Google placed a phone call and made a hair appointment for someone? Yes, and then there was a controversy whether it was it real or not. Oh, really? Yes, and there's a whole blogosphere explosion, like, we're all so into conspiracy theories these true. days. Right? <laughs> so true. All, you know, Nigabarin Paruski. Uh, and and in, in the in the, the the blogosphere there was like, well, it was it was faked. That was one. And then there was one, well, it wasn't fake, but they knew the Chinese restaurant that they called knew that the call was coming. So it was kind of like a little bit of a blowback on that one. Like, was it real or not? Interesting. Well, I mean, I guess there's still flat earthers out there. So there's always going to be skeptical people. Hey, outside my yard, it looks flat to me, man. But you're right. That would be... Moon landing was fake. Yeah, yeah moon landing too. <laughs> what kind of podcast is this? <laughs> We're going to spiral out of control here, people. Uh, this is awesome. It's not even Friday. It's Thursday. Um, we're keeping the audience engaged. We're keeping yes, we are. interested. They want to know about the moon landing being fake. They can go Google that. Now let's return. To wait, wait, before we, do you, do you think it really was faked? Um, no, I don't think it was Okay. Fake. <laughs> I'm just checking. I got to understand who I'm talking to here. You know, I have been, if you're ever in Dallas, there's a museum uh, right there where JFK was unfortunately shot. There's right. a museum of conspiracy theories. I highly recommend it right there in Dallas. In Dallas. Yep. Well, I, I know on accident or for they some photo that was for practice got put out there as like this is the moon and it actually was the practice <laughs> so i know that happened but yeah interesting coming next we could, we could way go into that stuff stanley kubrick i mean there's some stuff you want, don't even want to know about with the well moon. you know i guess when i asked you to smash myths i didn't specify marketing myths i just okay said, the moon landing was fake we decided <laughs> that Okay. You have you, inside Facebook, information. Facebook is really important, but so is Google, right? right. Snapchat right. is very important if you're reaching the 14-year-old girl demographic. Right. Uh, what other what other myths? Well, well, hold on. Facebook and Google, they're different, right? They're I mean, very that, different. people, the either or mentality that you were talking about, uh, but they're not even, it's not even either or. They're, it's not even an or both statement. Hand. Both hand. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's just talk about that. So again, yeah. I, I'm a huge believer in technology and and in really getting down and dirty with sure. the facts, you know. Uh, but let's look big picture. So Google is intent, right? Which is I go to Google and I put in CRM software. That means I am proactively looking for that product. That is really different than on Facebook, where I'm just hanging out with friends and family and Chilling. photos and 4th of July. And oh, by the way, I see an ad for Salesforce and I'm interested. So that's a what I call a share path, right? I'm mm. not interested in it. I'm doing something else. And then influencer marketing, right? Same thing. It, you know, yeah. if I say to this audience, you know, everybody's got to go out and buy the Moz tools for SEO. That's me as an influencer talking about it. Right. And they're like, whoa, what's Moz? Who knew? I like Moz too. Share path, right? <laughs> This is great yeah. tools. So share path is different than the search path. And Google is the share is the search path, right? Google is the search path. Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, these are share paths and they're complementary. And if you understand that big picture, you know, then you can drive into the details. Like we'll talk about the Facebook pixel and what does it do and, and, and stuff like that. So, so you got to understand that, that big picture stuff. Now the problem, right? 
Yeah. Facebook, Google, they have marketing departments, right? God bless them. And they're like, everything should be done on our platform, right? right? Facebook wants you to buy Facebook ads. So they're like, no, you can do everything on Facebook. And it's, you know, they're selling you. They're not, yeah. they're not totally honest, but that's just because they're. And they tricked people before. They said, here, get, every, get all these likes on your page. Yeah. Well, you wanted to talk to the people on your page? Oh, that'll be a boost charge. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they've got a lot of issues on that exact issue about the page, uh, the ability of pages to, to be in the feed. Well, let's, ha let's beat up intent before we go on a Facebook okay. site. I want to geek out on Facebook. But intent is so important, but I don't think everyone really gives it the time of day because – the time of day because there are all these other tools. And when you look at them as either, or um, the reason Google is bajillion gazillionaires and they're taking over the planet and the, their future Skynet is because they almost, uh, they own intent, right? They're the place to go when you're looking they for own intent. intent. That's a good way to talk you about know? that. Well, Genesis is Skynet. Just remember that. Okay. Uh, they own intent. That's true. Yeah. And that's in any, as marketers, right? You know, just take really, really simple examples, right? So I always use simple examples in my books and in my class at Stanford, right? So take pizza, right? I'm hungry. I want pizza. I go to Google. I type yep. in pizza. That's intent. I am yep. the most likely person to convert because yep. I've already expressed a desire in what you have. That's really different than I'm on Facebook and I'm just doing whatever and I see an ad, oh, you know, pizza's on sale. Well, for that, you've got to, you've got to sidetrack me from what I, whatever I was doing into something else. That is a much more difficult yeah. process than intent. So when you're planning out your marketing, you want to make sure you really crush it when it comes to intent. That if they're looking for what you have, you're out there, you're available, you're ready to go, you've got a good landing page, you're, all the metrics in, are involved, those are really important. And this other path is important, but it's a different animal. But intent right. is critical, and you're right, by and large, Google owns intent, although uh, Amazon is- Oh, yeah. Person, right, people think, That's oh, true. What's, the, what's the number two search engine? Number two search engine is not Bing, right? Every night when I say my <laughs> Sorry, <prayer>, Microsoft. <laughs> like, I say my prayers, like, please, God, help Bing, because it would be nice if Bing did better, right? But it's not happening. Um, but Amazon is a huge intent, right? You right. go to Amazon and you type in dog food and boom, you know, that's your intent. I'm ready to buy. So Amazon is another search engine. So if yeah. your products are important uh, and you're playing the Amazon game, which, which I play, right? You can go to Amazon and put in SEO and you'll see my book, for instance, yeah. right? That's intent. So Amazon is number two search engine and it's intent-based. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like a better intent than even Google. Google's probably jealous because with Amazon, you know you're buying things. You think Google's jealous no. of the largest search engine <laughs> on the planet that is money is at play? No. <laughs> uh, they're secretly yeah. Yeah. How can we, how can we take oh, it? They've tried and they are yeah. trying with product search and stuff. They tried, but they kind of, you know, Amazon is questioned on that one. Yeah, Google has to spend all this money answering uh, questions about, you know, flat earth and. It is the moon landing fake. It is the moon landing fake. They make <laughs> Which no is money interesting, but no money. You know, what yeah, are we no money. So yeah, so intent. So when your your podcast listeners are thinking about their own marketing, right? You know, when you want to think, where is intent in my marketplace? And is it on Google? Is it on Amazon? Sometimes it's on custom search engines. I mean, yeah. there are, you know, Yelp or VRBO or something like that. Airbnb, those are custom search That's engines. That's true. Those are intent-based. And then they want to think about what's their share path or their influencer path, which is where people are browsing or looking at other stuff. And they go, oh, wow, this is interesting. I want to check that out. And that's where your Facebook can play quite a bit. Your blogs can play, et cetera, in that, in that share and that discovery path. So I'm a big believer in like get your path straight yeah. and then dig into what's out there that really, um, you know, all the technical stuff that you need to know to, to master Facebook or Google or LinkedIn or Instagram, right. whatever. Right. And when you have that intent, if it is that search path, you need to carry that as like a flag throughout the, all the clicks, right? I mean, so many times I, I see people just put a bunch of money in something. Google, I'm a big fan. It, intent is juicy. I love it. It's like a ribeye. So the, you spend all this money on this intent click, they click and they see your homepage. Yeah. You know, they, they, they don't, they were promised something, some value, some, something, 
that spoke to them. They clicked. You spent that money. You're not getting that back. And then, and then you're lost. Yeah, right? you're lost. That gets the user interface design. So this yeah. gets to this issue of like, if, if I'm looking for pizza and I land on your website, it better be pretty clear. How do I order? How do I get <laughs> yeah. directions? You know, what do I do? And that goes for B2B marketing too. You can be selling some Salesforce add-on or something like that. And they Google search it and they find it that, you know, Salesforce and Facebook integration or something. Yeah. Then the landing page needs to be really clear and it needs to have a clear call to action. The call to action needs to be, obvious right it can't be it's got to be obvious yeah you want to bury it in the don't nice bury paragraph. it don't bury it bury your lead no they're too busy no don't do that make it simple make yeah it and I, simple is even obvious is is better i had a client once um was accounting client believe it or not we used really? to have a big big you know boring right we had a big, <laughs> i mean you know, every, you know it's, come on it's accounting, right? <laughs> taxes boring uh and painful but uh at the top right it had a button that was like, you know, free console, right? And we had it in this garish yellow, right? Yes. Hideous yellow, like, you know, you know, and the website designer was like, oh, I hate it. And they made it like gray and pastel. And, <laughs> and then the leads just went, oh, a crash. And I was like, please give me my garish yellow button back. Yes. Please give us the ugly yellow. And so we ended up with a black on white button. That was our compromise. Oh, you had you had to compromise. Oh, huh? yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, the web designer was like, you know, they were like foo foo graphics. And they want to use this for their portfolio. <laughs> and, and, and that always is, you know, that's an issue, pet peeve of mine that drives me crazy. I mean, is your website should it be judged on beauty or should mm. it be judged on whether it generates leads? And I'm like, leads, 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 leads. Yeah, I, I don't care what it looks like. It's not an art project, but some <laughs> compromise, right? Oh, so, any yeah. rate, so the long yeah. and short of it was by being obvious it works much better on this website and we saw that in spades there's nothing like the panicked business owner saying wow we redesigned the website and our leads have plummeted you know 70 percent what is going on and i'm like yeah. well we got rid of the garish yellow button you know what your website is not an art project i love that true smack wow. myth busted That's myth busted yeah your website i mean and this is a hard i mean i am a writer i'm a word person mm -hmm. Right. And I have bloggers that work for me and I often tell them, I say, you know, we're not writing novels here. We're not writing art. We're writing yeah. copy that is supposed to sell. And if you want to write an art project, God bless you. But this is yeah. not where that's not what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't Jane Eyre, people. <laughs> it's not. And it's the same with the it's same with the um, look and feel of the website. It, sure. it, 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 is it is the goal of the website to sell stuff e-commerce or is it to get sales leads? Right. If yeah. it's doing that, it's working. I don't give a hoot what it looks like if it's working right and i have some <laughs> websites that are really ugly in our portfolio <laughs> but they work so hey, whatever work, right? yeah. they're working Save that extra craigslist go look at craigslist i mean you gotta be crazy true. Right? craigslist is uh, so bad ugliest so bad website good. on the planet right yeah. and, it, and yeah. it works you know you mentioned the the garish button um a couple years back many moons ago probably longer ago than I want to, you know, fess up to. I was working as a marketing manager. It was like internal agency and, and we had an art department. So I put in a request uh, for this landing page. They had, um, you know, like sign up for some trip information, for educational tours. And, and so they had just like a, a button, but I wanted to make a big fire engine red because I'd read some stuff. And I wanted to test it out because I hear, you know, try, try something crazy they didn't use any red anywhere. So I just wanted to just make it sing. So make I put this request. I was like extra large, gigantic red fire engine, red button. Right. And, yeah. um, I put the request in uh, a couple of days later, I get it back. Well, probably a couple, I don't know, not a couple of weeks, but I get it back. I don't have time to put any other changes in. All they took was a, a little HTML button that you get by default from HTML in your browsers. And they shaded it red. It, like not even not even like fire engine red there was a, a slight dude mellow red like yeah, a, a light red. hue of gray red it's like that is not fire engine red people but you know what i didn't have time so i i'm like well, let's test it out so he tested it. it was actually better than the, i think it had just like a gray blah button so a little bit a little bit of sass in there was way better than the original and exactly. then eventually we got the fire engine and then well, awesome. and this is to your point about the metrics, right? So the yeah. great thing about all of this is then you can try it out. And, and yeah. it's 
be what happens. And you'll be surprised. Sometimes the stuff that you think will work, maybe it's too garish. It doesn't work. It's a turn off to people. It's not the brand, right? Yeah. But you can test it. And so that's the thing. You've got to test it and see what works and what doesn't work and be, be prepared for surprises and be prepared for that react. Like who knew the yeah. earth actually is round, right? It does not look that way, but it is. Yeah. I know. I know. So Looking out the window just now. <laughs> I, know. I know. So who knew, right? So the point who is tested and, and the testing is definitely important. And that's, that's a, that's part of the down and dirty with the data. And yeah. The, got to get into yeah testing is important let me take you over to facebook because okay. we started chatting google facebook i'm on facebook i'm i, I kind of lean if if i were to lean my my political leanings i lean more toward google but um yeah. in the b2b world but you know facebook has its place but it's not the end all be all you already smashed that myth but what's happening over there because you seem to have the insight into the craziness that they're up to. Yeah. So, so, so Facebook is, so here's one thing, right? So Facebook yeah. is as an entity, right? So as a marketing entity, Facebook is more complicated than Google, believe it or not, even though Google's got AdWords really? and there's all this stuff in it, but Google is actually pretty straightforward. Hmm. And, and here, here's where I'm going with this. So, yeah. so let's take B2B, right? Cause that's your audience is yes. B2B marketers, right? And let's, let's be honest. If I'm looking for, uh, you know, Salesforce automation software, right? That's not Facebook. I'm not on Facebook doing that. Right. Facebook, is, Facebook is friends, family, fun, photos, and fake. That's what Facebook is. I love that. Right? Is that it is, you? <laughs> yeah, that is me. Friends, family, fun, photos, and fake. What do I mean by fake? We go on Facebook as our perfect life, our perfect family, our perfect marriage, our perfect trip to Disneyland. It's not reality. That's why everyone gets so depressed when we use Facebook because <laughs> totally. we see everyone else's fake reality and we compare it with our real reality. I'm in Italy. I'm in my cubicle in San Jose working. My life right. sucks. I never anyway. fight with my husband. Thank you. Right? you know. <laughs> Valentine's Day on Facebook. Kill me now. Right? Oh, right. <laughs> so, you know, so, so the point is, so here's where it is think B2B. Now, here's yeah. what's good about it and how you can work with it, right? So everybody, especially the older crowd, is on Facebook. And even the younger crowd, sooner or later, they're more on Instagram, they're more on Snapchat. But generally, everybody is on Facebook. They'll Facebook. come around. It's the Microsoft of social media. Everyone's got an account. Everyone's on it. Sooner yep. or later, people check it. Yep. So Facebook has this unbelievable reach into everything. But the challenge is people are not on Facebook doing B2B stuff. Right. Okay, now, hold that thought. So we are a B2B marketer, hold and it. we know that our audience is on Facebook. The yep. challenge is they're not on Facebook doing B2B stuff. Okay, yeah. now here's where it gets interesting with the Facebook pixel, right? And I always tell people, right, if you know the question, you can find the answer. If your listeners don't even know what the pixel is, they can go to Google and type in Facebook pixel or how to install a Facebook pixel and Shazam, they will start to learn what the pixel is and how remarketing works on Facebook. Okay, right. so here's the idea. So you use the pixel for, to tag everyone that hits your website. So you're a B2B marketer, you're doing AdWords, you're doing SEO, people are landing, they're Googling things like Salesforce automation software, yeah. whatever your B2B market is, and they're finding you, yeah. and they're hitting your website. And when they hit your website, they're tagged with the Facebook pixel. Okay, then you go to Facebook and you create a custom audience. And the custom audience is everybody that hit my website. So right. I have a very targeted audience on Facebook mm -hmm. of everyone who hit my website. So then, when John Doe, my target customer, is in his pajamas, you know, checking out his, you know, golf game buddy photos on Facebook, <laughs> I can show him an ad that is for my B2B product. So he is a qualified customer. I have a little bit of a challenge that he's not in B2B mode, but I can use the pixel in combination, mm. right, with you know, Facebook custom advertising to reach my client. And that's where Facebook is really powerful and it's, it's uh, different than Google would be because it's a remarketing. Now, Google has its own remarketing. We can talk about that's the sure. GDN, the Google Display Network. Yep. It has a ton of problems and it's, it's a very problematic entity, but, but just get that concept. So that's where Facebook, even for B2B marketing, can be very powerful. Is, is with in combo with the pixel, but it's more yeah. complicated because you got to get all that. What you don't want to do is go to Facebook and just do demographic targeting 
for mm -hmm. B2B because they don't have good demographic targeting for that type of activity sure. because people aren't on Facebook going, yeah, I really want to like, you know, and follow this technical company on Facebook. That's not right. happening. Yeah. So, so you got to be, got to know your T's and I's and Q's to, to really do Facebook, but mm. there is a lot of value in it and, and it, it's in that nuance. I love that pic pixel. It's like, if you give a marketer a cookie, what can they possibly do with it? And they'll want a glass of milk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's interesting now, but I wonder because that pixel, you might get a lot of bad traffic to your site. So I'm sure there's controls that you can. Yeah. So there are some controls and that's like into your deep dive. So you're yeah. right. So this is where you got to be careful with your website as well. And you can have some flack and some, mm -hmm. some junk on your website for sure. So you do have this problem and you're, you're absolutely right. But you can do a lot of cool things with it. You could do AdWords. So you can say every AdWords who hit my landing page on X, then I want to remarket to them. So this is all in the rubric of remarketing. Right. And when you're, within remarketing, you have the GDN, the Google Display Network, and you have the Facebook Network. And those are the two big networks. But, you know, but now you kind of yeah. know what you're doing. You're kind of right. on the path to better success because you understand you want to do remarketing and you're aware of some of the challenges among them, like you indicate, you can have bad traffic on your website. Yeah, but it's better than just saying, you know, show me all the, you know, 30 year old people that like marketing. Yeah. I mean, I got a client that does hair transplant, for instance, right? And hair transplant's really tough because, you know, you, you people don't really go on Facebook and say, hey, I have no hair. I mean, you know, what I mean? <laughs> they don't, they don't do that. So you don't have good demographic targets oh, for funny. that. And you can't just do male age 40 and above because those aren't, they're not in the market for right. your service. But anyone who's hit our website is definitely in the market for what we're selling. And then we can use Facebook um, pixel and remarketing for that, for that that issue so, so you want to yeah. this back to don't don't think either or think both and you can use right. google and facebook together uh with the kind of the bridge being the pixel so you know if i start seeing an ad because they scanned my photo and they see that i barely have any hair if i, if I start seeing an ad for that hair thing i'm like man you you got all hacky on those photos <laughs> they're data mining people's photos data mining their you never photos. know man. they they do crazy stuff over there they, yeah, spatial recognition, you know, the whole back to conspiracies, right? The other yeah. conspiracy people will say, which I, you know, wonder about is you'll be talking with your friends, you know, maybe on the phone, like, should we, hey, want to go to Disney this weekend, yeah. right? You know, we're in Northern California, so we can go down, hey, let's go on the weekend for Disney. Okay, great. And then you hang up your phone and then suddenly you start to see ads for Disneyland. You're mm. like, oh, is this a coincidence or what? Or is Google snooping in my Android phone? Yeah, a buddy of mine posted that on Facebook the other day. They're like, I just saw this ad versus this. And they're not even a marketer, so they really don't know. Yeah. Um, and we think it was probably a coincidence or uh, the friend, a friend of his had maybe actually been on the thing and they were targeting maybe the friends of the um, friends of the friends. I don't know. It's freaky. Friends. So you can, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe they are. I mean, I have Alexa. Or they're, they're just straight out listening. <laughs> yeah, I have Alexa in my home. So maybe Amazon's listening to me. Do you have Alexa? Yeah, I love Alexa. You do okay. Did you see that? Um, the silver Alexa on SNL. Did you hear no, about that? No, 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 it's, it's a spoof. It's a spoof, it's for Alexa Silver and yeah. it's designed to deal with the elderly. And they're and they're called and, and she responds to like 90 different names. They're like, Alex, they're like, Alex, uh, Andre, you know, and she's yes. Like, what temperature out like outside you know? <laughs> they need to program more humor into her because we'll ask her questions and she won't know the answer and we'll say alexa alexa you're so stupid and she doesn't really respond and they need to i mean i want an alexa that talks back to me when i'm like alexa right? you're you know and she's like no i'm not <laughs> but yo, that, those so. things are just in your home listening you know it's fascinating yeah, yeah. um so there's marketing the, opportunities there for sure Oh yeah, I mean, for us, we're thinking, ooh, there's a there's land here to to uh, to go after. But tell me, you were a little, uh, I don't want to say, not a fan of Facebook when we were chatting earlier, um, or at least their future. You know, what, yeah. So what's this your take is more on yeah, this is more corporate direction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So corporate this, direction. This is this is corporate direction. This is just more my thoughts about Facebook's yeah. issues, right? Um, so, so here's the problem, right? So when Facebook originally said to pages, right? So that'd be businesses. So they originally said, hey, businesses build up your Facebook page, right? And they were promoting likes on Facebook, et cetera. So you, totally. your user would go to Facebook and you'd say, I wanna follow Whole Foods and I wanna see you know, you know, uh, stuff about like how to cook better broccoli or sure. God help you better kale, right? So 
that would be, I'm identifying that I'm interested in whole foods and therefore I'm interested in organic, et cetera, et cetera. And whole foods right. had a kind of some skin in the game. They wanted to promote their Facebook page, you know, for this reason. Yeah. Well, then Zuckerberg and all, you know, a whole bunch of stuff happens. Minions. Zuckerberg decides, uh, we want to step this back. We want to walk this back and just be friends and family. So you and I as a person are going to interact with each other. When I hear a problem, so if I'm Whole Foods and I have no organic reach for my page, which is essentially the situation today, there's almost zero organic reach for pages on Facebook. Hmm. Why should I invest in building my page on Facebook? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to promote it. And if I, as a user, never have the opportunity to see posts from Whole Foods, I'm not interacting with the page. So I'm not telling Facebook what I'm interested in. So right. the problem long-term for Facebook is, yeah, you can, you know, hey, Mark, you can throw the pages under the bus now and say, well, screw you, you should advertise and suck <laughs> to you. Yeah. But in the long run, this means the only demographic Facebook info it's going to have is, you know, you're male, you're female, you know, you like this, you like that, but it doesn't have like, I like Whole Foods or I like 24 hour fitness or I like Avis Rent-A-Car because there's no interaction left. So the, 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 the money, the demographic knowledge, the information that Facebook has about us as consumers mm. is decaying, is deteriorating. And, and that's because we're less likely to like a page because there's no value in it anymore? Yeah. yeah, you can't see it. And the pages don't want to build their their organic reach anymore because why do it? Why do it? And you're not interacting with the page, so Facebook doesn't have a data stream in there. So Facebook is in a box about this information. And so long-term, so full disclosure, I was saying to you before, full disclosure, I sold all my stock in Facebook. I made a right. ton of money in Facebook. I bought Facebook stock early. Bought it at $1. Bought it when, <laughs> after, you know, that whole, like it went IPO'd and it was in the, you know, duty. And oh, I bought yeah. it. So I made a ton of money, thank you. And then <laughs> to be honest, I sold all my money when I saw this stuff coming because yeah. Facebook has got serious problems. Uh, and I, you know, and again, full disclosure, I took all that money and I put it in Amazon because I think as a stock mm. owner, Amazon has got its hand in so many cookie jars. Look at Prime Day. Can, can we all get more free PR than Amazon? Amazon does I know. Prime. I, Prime, I heard about that too. My wife was like showing me the thing. I, I almost bought something on it. Free PR. It was practically 4th of July. So <laughs> I, mean, Friday, say, really? I think Facebook has some serious challenges as mm. a medium that it's got to work on. And it is not as simple as what they're doing now, which is saying, well, sorry, sorry pages, no organic reach, huh. which is what they're doing now. Yeah, I could see that really being kind of like shooting your foot. I mean, the pages is was cool, you know, the idea. Well, and, yeah, and I think as a consumer, you know, I actually, I mean, I love my friends and family, don't get me wrong, but sometimes I'm actually more interested in getting that recipe from Whole Foods on how to cook Mexican corn. Than what your, you know, crazy. Than what my crazy mom. uncle is doing yeah. and you know, whatever, right? So I, I think that there is a challenge there that they really have not thought through very well. Yeah. And it impacts, and, and as marketers, what do we really want out of Facebook is we want that demographic information. We want that ability to slice and dice the customer base. And that demographic information is deteriorating on Facebook because of this. Interesting. Account. So I, I'm a little bearish on the way that Facebook is structured. Now, leave all of that aside. And the thing I'm most excited about, especially for B2B on Facebook, is the use of the pixel. Because yes. the pixel that and audiences sense. are very, very good on Facebook. And that's not going away. Right. So again, you got to, you know, don't, don't fall into this all. Facebook is complete garbage. Jason says don't use Facebook. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that long term, eh, I'm a little nervous about what they're doing. But right. there's some things I still really like. I really like the way that the pixel works and how it, how it can work. So there's a lot of opportunities. You just have to know the details. Pixel is kind of like a saving grace. That is, you know, measurably valuable. You're getting traffic on your site. You're connecting it to that passive. People are doing something else and you're, kind of, you're still interrupting them. But That's right. It's still an interrupt form of marketing, yeah. but it is there. Now the pixel has its own challenge because of the European stuff. Oh, uh, GDPR, right? So you've got yeah. that stuff, which is interacting with privacy. So, you know, they have, you know, but, you know. Has GDPR affected you much? Because it was all, you know, a lot of the No, I mean, most of my clients are talking about it. U.S., you know, it has not impacted the United States because we haven't really gone down that same path. But I think what it's, but I think it's not just a European regulation. I mean, everyone is sort of complying with it regardless. And I think what it's doing from, the consumer is it's raising awareness of tracking and people don't like to be tracked. So 
tracking has a bad brand image problem, right? And people yeah. dis people don't distinguish between, do you want to be tracked by Russian spies who are going to hack the election, which is not necessarily a good thing, and do you want to be tracked by Zappos who's going to show you that cool pair of sandals that you really do want, right? right. Those are really two different <laughs> types of tracking. Yeah. But everyone throws the baby out with the bathwater and says, well, I don't want to be tracked by Zappos. And it's like, they're just selling you shoes. So why are right. you stressing? Right? right. Yeah, but it's just got a negative implication right. uh, to it. And, and, and that's just, that's the bigger culture. I've, I've always seen it as, you know, be helpful, not hurtful. You know, if you're helpful, then exactly go for it, you know? Um, and, and this is back then, to like really foundational marketing stuff is try to sell products and services to people who actually want to buy them. Interesting. They're happy. Imagine right? the thought. Not, not just force your, your stuff down people's throats who don't want it. And so I think as marketers, to the extent that we sell those hair transplants to people who want hair transplants, everybody's happy. And then if people who don't want a hair transplant, that's fine too. But right. what you don't want to do is just keep pounding on a person who's like, I'm sick of this message. I don't want this message. I'm not interested. Right. So right. You know, devil's in the details. Kinda. You know, I got, I got like a thousand robocalls from this thing about changing my health insurance or something or other. And you know well, what? Actually, the IRS is at my door right now, and I'm going to be arrested in a few. Minutes, so. <laughs> Can you do it live? Can we do it live on the show? It's kind of like getting swatted, you know. <laughs> put put your hands actually, on. You know, if uh, you know, rob on the robocall step, there is actually. If you go to YouTube and you put in like IRS spoof, there is a hilarious spoof. Have you seen that? Where the guy goes and he makes a big deal. And he goes into Target and he try. He says, "I'm trying to get the card at Target. And I don't know how it works." <laughs> Oh, I love oh, those. It's love hilarious. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure the IRS really wants you to pay with a Target card. That's definitely. Yeah, go get things. a Target card and give me the numbers of that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah. so robocalls are exactly this problem, right? They're yeah. just trying to force their way into our lives and everyone hates them because there's no yeah. targeting or it's just bad. It's not relevant. There's yeah. no targeting. They just are blanket, you know, shotgun method of, 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 of crushing everyone in the world. So they're hated. There's a special place in hell, actually, for people that run robocalls. You know, and if I were a dictator, not saying I am or anything, but I would definitely run on the platform of putting all the robocall people in jail. <laughs> it's a plague. It's a plague. It's such yeah, a seriously. So Facebook, I, I get it. So it's like measured caution in the future, but in, in the immediate term, we've got the pixel we're good. Although I will say we were chatting earlier, you could be dropping lots of money and Facebook will, and they'll, they'll take that money fast. It, it, almost as fast as blackjack in Vegas. Yeah. yeah uh, that's true for all marketing though, right? You want to be judicious with your funds. You've got yeah, to really do what you're spending because Google, Facebook, you know, all of them have ad departments and their job is to suck all your money out. And to be yeah. honest, they don't really care whether it works for you or not. They kind of claim they do, but right. they so you got to be very judicious with how you spend money. The other asterisk I want to make sure people understand, Facebook owns Instagram, and Instagram's pretty much the fastest growing social media platform out there. It's going to be crushing Snapchat, right? If you own True. Snapchat stock, sell it because, you know, Instagram is crushing it. And so yeah. that's another platform that Facebook owns that is very interesting. Now, again, it's not very B2B. It's very... Right consumer oriented but there are opportunities on instagram that are that are important you know i wonder about instagram it, it somewhat feels like we're in a little bit of a a transition period right now or something's weird because i'll i'll scroll through a feed on facebook see some i guess it's on my phone so i'll scroll through i see whatever's happening great and then i'll go over to instagram and a lot of the same friends i have on facebook are now on instagram Maybe they put their photo there. Maybe put them both places, both places. You know, and there's a little bit of confusion going on. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think Zuckerberg was smart in acquiring Instagram because it, it is kind of a competitive threat to Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it, it's the growth platform because I think a lot of people just like the simplicity of just the photos and not True. all the nonsense. And so True. the simplicity is sort of winning. You know, as marketers, it just means through one big platform, Facebook, you can advertise on Facebook, you can advertise on Instagram. Right. As B2B marketers, you have a bit of a challenge because people are on Instagram for friends, family, fun, photos, and fake as well. They're not doing B2B activities. Right. They've got a bit of a challenge there. It's like beach, 
swimsuit, some cool mountain. Disneyland B2B software, B2B software on my Instagram. That doesn't yeah. matter. That's yeah. what's going but it's on. A, it's a tougher play. It's a tougher, for sure. Tougher play, tougher play. So, and then LinkedIn, we can talk a little bit about LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah let's talk, talk LinkedIn. About, yeah, so LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, I think is a bit of a dark horse here. I mean, but again, it's really coming. There is more going on with LinkedIn uh, among, you know, very technical stuff that I would recommend, especially B2B audience, uh, think about. targeting. Targeted in-mail, targeted in-mail, I've had good success with. Uh, so that is where LinkedIn can send an email message for you. So it's, think of it as high quality spam, right? So you, <laughs> you, know, you go to LinkedIn and you identify, I'm targeting the chief technology officers who are involved in networking uh, sure. software. And then I'm going to have an email that's going to say, I'm, I'd like to invite you to my webinar where you're going to learn about how great my B2B software is. So it, targeted in-mail is a little bit of a push message through LinkedIn. Yeah. Pretty interesting. And, and you can do some cool things. And in that mechanism, they're much more B2B focused because that's what LinkedIn is. And then have, the, you ever, have you received any of those yourself? Yes, I have received them and I, I use them myself and I've used them for clients and they're, they're good. I mean, you know, you got, you know, not, a lot of people don't open them. That's just the challenge of the for thing. Sure. Uh, but it deals with the issue that a lot of people who have a profile on LinkedIn are not active on it. So it's a way to push, push your message mm -hmm. out to people who are, are, are not on it. Um, so that's, and, and I think again, back to this other theme, right? So, you know, okay, I have, I have to target, right? Who do I want? Yep. I have to set up my in-mail, a little bit of technical there. Yep. I've got to have my offer, a webinar. And then this is where you can have the most fabulous technical, everything is great. If that webinar is crap, right? <laughs> if the webinar is bad and it, and it doesn't yep. work or the message is stupid or it's just boring, then you've got them all the way to your webinar only to lose them because your webinar is not good. So, yeah. so you've got to have it, you know, it's not either or, it's not just do all this stuff and then no, don't worry about the webinar. You've got to have a great webinar that is interesting and compelling to make it work with your marketing. And so content, I'm a huge content person. You've got to produce good content. You just have to. You know, I'd love to talk about that. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I keep hearing that it's not either or, you know, it's, it's, and it's both, it's do both. It, same thing for, you know, you could do all the lead gen in the world, but if you've got, you know, crap at the back end, no landing page or crappy landing page, it doesn't offer anything of value, no, or, or no good Mark. webinar, no one's, no one's going to either click or they're just not going to convert and you're going to spend all that money. Or you can have really good webinars and no one comes to them because they exactly. don't know about them. Exactly. Bingo. That's another yeah. thing. You've got this great webinar. You've got this great YouTube. You've got this great content and you have no promotion strategy and no one sees it. So what's the point? Right. It's not, it's not. I, I'm an author, right? As you know, I do a lot yeah. of books. I'm very, one of the great things about living in the Bay Area, in addition to the um, incredible high prices, which the benefit is that means when we travel anywhere, we think everyone else is, it's so, it's so inexpensive, right? And wow, we go to New York and we're like, wow, New York, it's so cheap. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So in addition to the really astronomical uh, prices, uh, there's a lot of really good book publishing stuff here. So mm. there's a lot of really smart people in the book industry. And and I, I do all this book stuff uh, with the book community. And one of the things that are just like, wow, you know, you produce a book, you got to spend as much or more time promoting it than you do writing it. Interesting. This is true for a webinar. You're going to produce a webinar on your product. That's great. But you've got to spend as much or more time promoting that webinar to make it work it's not either or you got to have both of those pieces for success yeah. and then and then when you get into promotion like do i promote it on facebook with the pixel do i promote it on linkedin with the in mails you know how do i promote it is is a technical question and you dive right. into the to the aspects of that but um you want to huh. think about that yeah that's a really good point uh especially for books and maybe let's chat a little bit about you've got multiple books you've got I mean, as many books as J.K. Rowling? Uh, not like quite it. as popular, but yeah, right. Don't make me feel Stop. bad, being okay? Humble. Being <laughs> you know, humble. I, I actually just tell my mom, I'm in the top 5% of authors, right? 
uh, which is, uh, I'm a member of the Authors Guild in New York, and they make you sort of put your uh, sales figures up if you're self-published, which I am in order to join, and then they send you these emails and data. And so I'm in the top 5%, which sounds awesome, right? But the problem with authors is the top you know, 1% of 1%, the JK Rowling's and Stephen King's of the world, yeah. they're making like a billion dollars, <laughs> right? you know? And the rest of us are making like maybe, you know, 60K, 100K in royalties, right. and then the people at the bottom make nothing. So whatever, right? It's yeah, so I have a, a, my books that really sell well. I have an SEO book, Search Engine mm-hmm. Optimization. I have a book on AdWords. I have a book on social media. Uh, I'm working on the 2019 editions of those. So those will be out probably in September. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and those can be found on Amazon. And then I'm working on a new book called The Marketing Book. Mm. That's a book, it's, it's kind of a step back from my other books to help people with basic marketing concepts. Because I find a lot of people I work with, I'll say to you like, well, hey, you know, give me your business value proposition. Like, give me your unique selling proposition. Right. And you're like, uh, I don't know. And then right. you're like, well, who do you sell to? What are your customer segments? And they're like, uh, what's a segment? Right. And I mean, seriously, big, big, big companies, you can have this yeah. problem. And, and so this book yeah. is like your basic marketing concepts that no one ever told you in marketing class if you took one. Um, or if you've never taken a marketing concept class, you'll learn like what is a buyer persona and how do you imagine your buyer personas and get, get that conceptual stuff. So, so that's a new book that I hope to have out by the end of the summer. End of the summer. Are you, yeah, are you doing I'm, the uh, the two crappy pages a day or what's your methodology for getting that done? My methodology for writing is I write every morning from about 6 to 7.30 in the morning. Cool. So I get up religiously and I do not answer my email and I do not check my phone and I try to avoid the, the stupid news cycle and I just sort of try to write and then I yeah. write it and then now I'm editing it. And uh, it, I love technical uh, and I just learned and maybe your audience knows this. I did not know that this happened until very recently but within microsoft word they have a feature where you can get it to read to you it'll read to you, really which is excellent because yeah. it's a great way to catch errors right because so your brain is and then i'll have it read yeah. to me yes and then it reads to you and then as you're listening to it you'll often catch those annoying typos or those grammatical so wow. i use grammarly which is a great paid tool for right. grammar uh, and that checks your grammar, and then I use, and then I have it read to me. So I have a whole little machine of how I write content. And right now I'm I'm at the almost final phases. So it's it's I think my wife and children think I've lost my mind because I have this automated reader reading my book to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. So that's a great little tool inside of Word to check like a press release. Right. To read it to you. So yeah. So that's my uh, writing methodology. That's that's huge because that. And that happens to me all the time. I'll do like a LinkedIn post and I'm just going to town. It's crazy. And then I really don't want to edit. So it's all I can do to just, okay, read this paragraph. And, or, yeah, and if or, you hey, read it yourself, you skim it. When oh you, yeah. When you're, totally. you skim it too fast. Whereas totally. if you had it read to you and it, the computer voice is actually useful because mm-hmm. it slows down and you, you will catch the errors when, when you have it read. So Grammarly, excellent tool for writers and, and have the word, have, go in Word and you go to um, view, uh, I think it's review tab and it'll read. Does the paperclip pop up and start talking to you or how does that work? The paperclip was version one. So stop capping on the paperclip. Okay? <laughs> Plus you're showing your age. I know. Well, I am. Younger people don't know the paper. Teenagers go, what's he talking about? I'm going to go listen to someone else. Uh, yeah, it used to be a paperclip on there. Yeah, uh, yeah, the paperclip. Uh-huh. Hi, could I help you? It wow, was really? fine. It was artificial intelligent version 1.0. Yeah, it's your chatbot. Yeah. Now we're, now we're waiting for the singularity and Genesis is Skynet. Just remember that. Genesis is Skynet. So I'd love to hear, tell us a little bit more about this marketing book. And I think we even touched on some basics earlier. What, how, what, what are you looking at? You, I heard personas. I heard, you know, back to the basics, maybe, maybe some sort of, you know, don't, tell everyone everything but you know a little some more tea yeah so yeah so some things in there that i think again as an observer so let's let me talk about my background for a second which oh, is yeah, yeah. i'm a strange person right so i have a phd so i was originally going to be a professor and i went to berkeley i have a phd from berkeley go bears and uh, it was in political science and i wrote it on eastern europe i wrote my dissertation huh policy in Europe. But I learned a lot at Berkeley about how to, how to think about concepts and theories and ideas and all this very intellectual stuff uh, about kind of how to make sense of, of craziness and, and yeah. 
conceptualize it into a theory, right? Uh, so when I get to marketing, right, and I start working on marketing, I've been teaching marketing um, for many years at this point, uh, you know, I kind of realize it's kind of a messy um, domain. People haven't really thought through very much yeah. what they're doing. Uh, and, and so I, I have a good mind for concepts and I like to explain things to people. And I, I think I have a pretty good skill for looking at something and saying to people, look, this is what we're doing. This is what you're doing. Make it, bring it up to the surface and let's think consciously about what we're doing, right. right? So for instance, in the marketing book, the chapter I'm most interested in, I'm most proud about, I have a chapter about rhetoric and about hmm. logical fallacies and how logical fallacies work. So there are lots of logical fallacies. And again, uh, the book talks about some of this, uh, but a common logical fallacy is what's called the ad hominem attack. And the ad hominem attack, right, is you attack the person, not the argument. Right. So you say, oh, Hitler was a terrible person. Uh, and then, uh, well, Hitler believed the world was round. And you say, well, he was a terrible person. So therefore, the world can't be round. Can't be round. Because Hitler thought the world was round, right? That's an ad yeah. hominem logical fallacy is that mm -hmm. I don't like this person. So therefore, what they're saying cannot be true. Well, if you flip that around, we do that all the time in marketing when we get these celebrity spokespeople and we say, you know, well, Kylie Jenner likes this type of perfume, so sure. therefore, this perfume is really going to be awesome for you too. Right. Or, you know, if uh, Michael Jordan wears this basketball shoe, if you wear that basketball shoe, you too will be an awesome basketball player, right? Right. So that's a logical fallacy, and that gets us into influencer marketing. And, and, and a little cynical here as a marketer, you want to think, well, how could I use influencers or celebrity spokespeople to promote my brand? And to be brutally honest, you are kind of pulling the wool on people's uh, eyes a little bit sometimes with this tactic. Now, there also are true experts. If you're an expert in um, physics and you tell us that the math proves the world is round, you have expertise, which is credibility, you should be believed. Right. But, but in this book, I have a whole bunch of like 12, 13, 14 logical fallacies and explain how are they used in marketing and a little bit of like, let's go to the dark side and, and how could you use those to sell your product? And I we like do it. this all the time as marketers, but we don't, we're not really consciously aware like, oh, right. I'm going to use a logical fallacy here now to move, you know, my people uh, towards the promised land of buying my product. So Being more intentional the, about that, like it's yeah, happening. More conscious of what are we doing? Yeah. What are we trying to do? And that's, and a lot of the book is helping marketers understand it. So back to Facebook, right? Once you yeah. understand that Facebook is the share path and Facebook mm -hmm. is the friends, family, fun, photos, and fake path, then you know what you're dealing with. And Google is the search path and the intent path. Now right. you've got a conceptual framework and you can kind of orient yourself what should I be doing? And I, and I find these very basic concepts, a lot of people have never really thought, like you said to your average person, average market, what's the difference between Facebook and Google? What, how are That's they really question. rock bottom? What's different about them? People yeah. are like, I don't really know. And if you throw Amazon in that mix, how is Amazon like Google? Well, I don't know. Well, Amazon's a search engine. It's not a social media network. Huh. That's a great hiring question. For yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how are they actually different? And I think people just, they use them and don't really understand, well, how are they different? But once you understand that, once you have some concepts, then you can really become a much better marketer. And, and as a, as a recovering intellectual, right. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, you and your taxpayers, you spent over a hundred thousand dollars on my PhD. I did the whole thing for free. I got government money for the whole enchilada. Right. Well, so you're welcome. I'm, yeah, thank you. Thanks taxpayers. for joining my podcast. <laughs> Thanks for taxpayers. <laughs> We're so, even, I guess. I am trying to use that money to give back in a good way to me and my kids. That's right. Uh, but yeah, so once you get some basic concepts, there's a lot. So that, that's what that book is about, is some of these really basic concepts that people haven't thought through. And once you think them through, you can really apply them uh, to your own uh, marketing and be better at it. Be better. So needed. So when, yeah. when do you think that's out? Summer, you said? Or Summer, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it should be out really? late, late summer. Yeah. Wow. Um, working my tail off on it and it got you know 
I'm almost done with the draft, but then we got to do the cover. And it's my first book that is, uh, I wrote for audio. It's, uh, it's going to come out on Audible. Yeah. I wrote it Audible. I wrote it audio friendly. So it's very much the spoken word. Mm. It, it's because it, interesting enough, things that are growing and marketing things that people are, are growing podcasts like you're doing right. growing audio is a huge growth industry. Everybody's busy. They want, they, they get sick of the news cycle. They get sick of radio. They want to get in their car, get in their gym, put their headphones in and listen to a podcast right. on something that helps them. Right. Yeah. And audiobooks the same thing. So audio, this is an audio book. It's, it's written for audio. That's cool. Uh, and you know, it's a great option. I love audible. Um, and who yeah. would have thought a couple of years ago when I said I had like four, you know, four things in my library, I, I was there the other day and it showed me like 45 things. And I, I don't know how that snuck up on me, but um. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if people listening are audible people, right? So I'm an yeah. audible person. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like being a good drug pusher. I'm a, both a user and a seller. Yes, you are. Right? So I'm a, I've got both sides there. So I'm a huge Audible user. I love Audible. And one of the little technical things I think people don't know about, shh, please don't wrap me out to Audible here, but in your <laughs> Audible account, you can give back any book that you don't like on what? Audible. What? Yeah. Do, is there a time limit for that? No, you can get, so my, I, I try to be a good, you know, Christian and not go to hell. So my, my policy on Audible is I listen to a book. If I listen to a whole book, I buy the book. But if I listen to the book and I'm into chapter two and I'm like, this book sucks, I don't want to listen to it, then I will return the book. And you can do that. You go into Audible, you have to look at like your settings, or you can just go to Google and type in something like how to return a book. <laughs> Google's like, take right? that, Amazon. Boom, right? And, and, and so what's great about Audible yeah. is that means you can really try books out. And then if you don't like them, turn them back in. And I do this all the time. Wow. All the time. And I love it because that way you don't, you know, you can listen. I'm a big, non, a big fiction. So I listen to fiction. Yep. And uh, if I don't like it, give up on it. Interesting. No, you got me off in a tailspin there. I'm going to have to spend the rest of the afternoon just going through my life. Save but, some uh, money, dude. Save some there's money. There's some bad ones it. that you buy. Like, no, oh, geez. I, oh. I, I listened to the sample and I still tricked. Um, but, you know, I actually listened to a good one recently. It they had a two for one special on Audible for yep. great courses. Yeah. And as a recovering intellectual, you might appreciate this. I actually scooped up a couple, but one of them I really have enjoyed is the history of ancient Egypt. Yeah, sure. Yeah, has nothing to do with work, nothing to do with anything. I'm not selling, I have no AdWords related to Egypt. It's just been fun to learn about um, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I've listened to the one, there's a good one on rhetoric, which I really enjoyed. Oh, there's a good one on writing novels, which are in those great courses category. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Those are good too. And I agree. And I just think as marketers, right. Uh, and we could talk a little bit about the whole podcast thing. There are mm. podcasts that vendors can do that could be useful for the, reaching their customer base. And then back to this promotion oh. thing, you can use social you can use Google to promote your podcast as a vendor. So there's a lot of things you can do between the content production, which is what podcasts really are, and the promotion, which is what social or SEO or AdWords is. Right. And really marry those two together. You kind of look around your society and what, what do you see that's growing is people are disconnecting from the mainstream media. They're disconnecting True. from TV long time now. They're disconnecting from radio and they're going into their little hovels when they're at the gym when they're on the train when they're in their car and lifelong learning everybody has got to keep up with their industry whatever so lifelong learning uh and that's where podcasting and auto audiobooks uh, are a growing market so there's a lot of really exciting things in that market i think i love that now i have a question and you kind of hinted at it a little bit uh who are you and how did how, you know phd you're again you're welcome and then uh you know an author, Audible, all these yeah. books, you know, rubbing shoulders with JK. And, yeah, yeah, right, I wish. And James uh, Patterson. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. so, Michael Jordan. Yeah, like take uh, me yeah. back. Yeah, so I, uh, so how I got into this is I have a PhD from Berkeley. Uh, yeah. in, uh, I got that in 92. And that was like the end of the Cold War. And then I was like, I don't want to be a professor. And I had like a, you know, I had one of those like life-changing moments at 30. Um, so I had uh, broke up with my girlfriend of many years at the time. I went to Princeton and was interviewed at Princeton for a position, which fortunately cool. I did not get, right? So I, I flew back from New York, from, from Princeton. 
uh, to the Bay Area and I just like had this meltdown, like, I don't want to do this. I don't like this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. I love being a graduate student, but I don't want to do academia. Yeah. You, you uh, spent a lot of time to get those degrees. Yeah. Too, so a lot, you know, so, so I had, so, so then I was like, I quit. I mean, I, I finished my PhD. I got my dissertation done. So I have the PhD, although I have a recurring dream that I didn't. Uh, <laughs> one of those nightmares, like, I didn't fill it, didn't fill my paperwork at Berkeley. I'm you're, being busted. You're going to get uh, snail mail, you know, a couple of weeks yeah, from now right. saying, uh, you need, we didn't get Oops. third and ninth page of your dissertation. Yeah, so. not fa failed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so at any rate, so I uh, had no money, zero money. Right. And so I, uh, uh, went to work at a computer company where I met my wife, my beautiful, loving, adorable wife, if she's watching, uh, at that company. And then I, um, at that time, all the jobs were in San Jose. And so I got a job at a media company working for Intel, AMD, Motorola, the big chip companies. And that's how I got into the media environment. Right. That was right at the kind of dawn of the internet. And then from there, uh, I started a, a, a kind of what we today would be called a blog. It wasn't really a blog at the time. Sure. It was a pre-blog. And that blog was for embedded systems engineers. And that got me into SEO and how information flows. And all of my Berkeley stuff has been very useful in understanding that. So that got me into kind of like the digital world. Right. And then as that business kind of matured and that industry kind of fell apart when the economy collapsed in 2008, then I, then I said, hey, I really like the teaching and the books. And then I sort of expanded what I was doing to any industry mm. and kind of reinvented myself as more of a teacher, author, consultant for all sorts of digital marketing. And that's what I do today. So I have my clients today are not really tech anymore. They're all over the map. Um, but that's how, that's how I got into this. And I love it. I love mar marketing is applied social science. Marketing is applied True. sociology. Marketing totally. is applied psychology. Uh, and I really love it. And it's, and I also like how you, you, unlike academia, you actually do something. You actually yeah. measure something. You find it at the end of the day, did I make money or did I lose money? So you've right. got a, a track record, whereas academics have this horrible problem of just, you know, yeah. flying the sky. There's no metric. They're just out there doing crazy things, you know. Yeah, science is much more fun when you can apply it and see it. Yeah, and I like applied stuff. I, my dissertation was on economic policy, so I liked applied stuff. I've always liked applied um, sort of things. Do you so, think yeah. that's that's sort of entered into your approach for marketing? From all that, for sure. All that yeah, study? for sure. Because economics, I've always been very interested in economics, and it's all about like what motivates people mm. and, and why people buy the things they buy. And then you also learn that people are predictably irrational, right? So right. Dan Ariely, right? He wrote this book, uh, Predictably totally. Irrational, and and you learn that people are predictably irrational, and then you can kind of take advantage of that is one way to think about it, or you can just accept it. That's how people are. And, and work with it. And, and that's applied social science. How are people, how do people really act as opposed to how do they tell you they act? Right. How do you think they act? And marketing, I think of all the disciplines in business, we really learn how do people really act? What really motivates people? And, you know, newsflash to the engineers, <laughs> the, be the better mouse trap is not what wins. It's not the better, you need a mouse trap, True. but not necessarily True. the, you know, Betamax VHS, right? Not the better one doesn't win. Often the one that's good enough, but has really good marketing is the one that wins. Right. And that's exciting and interesting. Yeah, it's like Blu-ray and HD, HD, CD, CD-ROMs or whatnot, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the best does not always win. I, again, because I'm out here in the Silicon Valley and I've dealt with lots of engineers, you know, God bless them, and they have the <laughs> fallacy of the best product wins. And that's mm. not true. That's not true. But they that's think, true. well, we've got this great product and it's technically the best. And you're like, that's, that's important. Yes, good. But that is not sufficient. And you've got to market it. You've got to have, the pizzazz yeah so, so that's how i got into what i'm doing now and i love the teaching and i love the books i teach at stanford continuing studies and i really like the teaching aspect of it and uh, that's fun for me i enjoy talking to people and helping people and just what what's going on in their lives well, i'm know? sure you get to see them put into action or at least i do i encourage people in my books to send me questions i get questions from all over the world and really? i see all sorts of stuff yeah i have so many bizarre <laughs> 
I have, I have people, I had a woman call me once. It was so sad. She called me once. I'm from Oklahoma. She is from Oklahoma too. She called me, said, I had this I, great idea for a business. It was a, it was a custom mattress business for babies and truck drivers. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> He's like, but I've lost all my money because I hired a really um, unethical SEO company and I spent my life, it's so sad, I spent my life savings yeah. on this SEO company. And I was like, did you ask for references? No. Did you ask for projects they done? No. And I'm like, well, you're an idiot. You gave him $50,000 yeah. with no due 50? diligence. 50 oh, grand or her man. life savings. Long and short of her business really wasn't that stupid. In the back of a truck, there actually is a mattress often, and those are custom mattresses. And then there's like people with asthma and stuff. So it really was not, it was a, actually a decent business idea. It was selling custom mattresses on the internet. Huh. But she, you know, life is cruel. She didn't do her. There's a lot work. of bad SEO. Shows, oh, right? God. It's terrible. So like snake oil salesman kind of thing. Yes. Yes, I'm ashamed. Let me just apologize right now for that whole industry because it's yeah. full of hucksters. Gross. And, yeah, it's got a real problem with hucksters and thieves. Eventually, Facebook will have its own shadow team. Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's got some, but it's not as bad. You're right. The SEO is the trailer trash of this whole industry. It's got the yeah. worst. I mean, some of them are excellent. Some of them are so smart and some of them are very honest, myself included, I hope. But some are terrible. Yeah. And it works, but then when you have that negative fog over it all, it kind of... It's got a little bit of a black magic um, yeah. perspective, and it, it does have things in there. So. But then every now and then, J.C. Penney's, you know... <laughs> oh, you are really showing your age. Oh, is that old? Oh, no. Oh, that's really old. Dirty I Little thought... Secrets of Search. You can Google that. That's New York Times. That's lost that quite a it? while back, yeah. I thought that was... Well, yeah, but 2000s, though, right? Uh, dude, it's 2018. Okay, <laughs> that's true. It time flies. Hello. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, Snapchat generation, put your phone down, go to Google, type in dirty little secrets of search. New York Times' article about JCPenney getting busted for black ad SEO. Yeah, it's awesome. You should check it out. Put it in the show notes. Speaking of which, um, what's great places to connect with you? Uh, so where do we go? Google me. So just Google Jason McDonald. I'm at the yeah. top of my, 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 my search and I'm very proud of that. There's a guy who has six pack abs. I'm ahead of him. There's a <laughs> player who, you know, I'm, I grew up in Oklahoma. So I've been inferiority complex towards athletes. A uh, couple people with the same name as me that were much more important, but I've crushed them out of crushed them. Yes. They're, they're gone. So Revenge of the Nerds, baby. So <laughs> you go to Amazon, you can type in Jason McDonald, you put in SEO, yep. social media marketing or AdWords on Amazon, you'll find my books uh, very, very easily. So that's the easiest way to find it. You know, and, and we can, we can li we'll link in the show notes, but true to form, we'll link to the Google search in the show notes. Um, okay. Actually, right can, that would show up as organic for you, but I suppose sort of. yeah. that's okay. We'll figure it out. But you either way. You can also Google SEO expert Bay Area, SEO consultant Bay Area, because I do a lot of Bay Area work and, and right. you're ranking local, so I rank them. But yeah, just Google okay. Jason McDonald and you'll find me, no problem. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, this has been fun. This has yeah. been really cool. Time time flew by, just like the 2000s, apparently. Yes, apparently. Yeah, you've shown your age. <laughs> what year is this? Well, thank you so much for coming. Boy, it's been great to be on your show, and I, I hope the listeners got something out of it. And it's always an honor. Absolutely, intent, all sorts of lessons, the different pathways, and maybe even trimming pixel, up your Facebook pixel, Facebook pixel. Oh my gosh, just how to use it, use it wisely. So we have the show notes for this. So there's so much good stuff in there. But uh, th this has been great. So thank you again. All right, thanks. Awesome. And everyone else, listen. If you learned something. And if your ears were open, if this was playing, then you probably did. So share this with someone else. Help them out. Get them that information so they can not make the same mistakes or actually do better at their marketing. So share this with other people. And uh, this, this is it. This has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. So thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Bye.